you can sell to anyone, but you can't keep anyone. It just doesn't work that way, right? Like if you sell a bad deal, they're going to churn. That's the end of the relationship. We all lose. A rep once said to me in in a former life, I'll say, that he didn't really care what happened after he closed something. He said, well, it's up to customer success to fix it. Yeah. That's like, that's the worst mindset. We're in the business of making people stay. I don't like to live in a world of like a one-year contract and I'll see you later. I want you to be a customer for the rest of your life. In this episode, we're speaking with Elise Oldenburg, Sales Enablement Director at Mediafly. Before becoming the Sales Enablement Director for a Sales Enablement Platform, Elise held a position of Director of Customer Operations within Mediafly. Her background in customer success has shaped the way that she approaches sales. By staying truly invested in the customer's success, they've been able to differentiate their service above any one product feature. Enjoy. Tell me about Mediafly. What is Mediafly? Yeah, so Mediafly is kind of an end-to-end sales enablement and content platform. The easiest way to explain what we do is we're a piece of software that is really here to truly enable sellers to do their jobs better, but also kind of help those supporting people behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, what can marketing get out of this? What can sales enablement get out of this? What can even customer success get out of this kind of thing? So we want to really connect commercial organizations through not just our platform, but how people learn, how people understand their content and what we can do um, throughout reporting, analytics, things like that. So it's uh, it's very exciting. Sales enablement is like a huge becoming a bigger industry, which is really cool. And uh, and what we're doing is really changing what you can do within the spectrum of marketing and sales overall. That's cool. So you guys actually help not only sales enablement team, but customer success and marketing as well, not just... Yeah. So is Mediafly a sales enablement tool or is it, it is. Is like well, a tool that covers I, many things? It kind of covers all of the things. I look at it as, you know, um, I, I like to think of it as its its core heart is in sales enablement. But for us, content is like the the key to all of our problems, right? So we're really focused on what does an engaging content experience look like, not just from, you know, the content marketers who produce the content or, um, or even the product marketers or even the sales enablement people, right? But how is that content impacting your revenue? And and that's directly correlated to how sellers are using it, right? So part of what we do is we're like half CMS, half sales presentation, half sales enablement, because it's all one place. I don't have to go to like five different sites to train my sellers or check in on what a new piece of content is doing, like usage wise, or if it's helping to impact our ROI, I can go to one website and have it all there, which is crazier. And now we're kind of starting to do more and more content innovation. Um, so our main focus is always kind of middle to bottom of the funnel when it comes to kind of that marketing funnel. But yeah. uh, we're starting to hit 
certain things where we we can live in all realms. So we can be a top of the funnel content provider. We can work through your sales cycle. We can help you out post-sale uh, because we're so focused in on that content piece of everything, which is awesome. Cool. And we've done some like really cool content stuff this year. So. Yeah, that's cool. What are the new frontiers that you guys are exploring now? Uh, so we actually... Um, in the fall, we acquired a, a company called Presentify, um, and they're really they were huge partners of ours for a while, and we loved working with them, and we loved them so much that we convinced them to come be a part of our crew, right? Like at Mediafy, which is really funny. Um, but they specialize in interactive presentations, and so much so that, uh, like I call them, like the masters of PowerPoint. They're so good at it. It is kind of like creepy what they can do with it because it doesn't no and, and i hate saying like so creepy because it's such like it's creepy but it's like it's fascinating because it doesn't feel like powerpoint yeah. and so that's what's so innovative about it is that like you know when people think of like i remember like five years ago when i started at mediafy people would go do you guys support animations and powerpoints and we'd be like no what an antiquated thing and now when now that you can actually see what you can do with it you're like what were we doing then? Like, I'm so happy we changed our mind, That's right? Cool. Like, That's so, awesome. so for us, we're, yeah, we're really focused in on interactive, um, really engaging content because we live in a digital age of selling now. And it's not just, I have to sell digitally. It's, I have to sell remotely. Yeah. How do I engage on Zoom or whatever? Yeah. Cause like 90% of the time we're all doing 50 other things. Yeah. And so what can I do? That's something like, so my question that I can't get over it. And then what can I do to kind of continue that conversation over time? And, and the, through our Presentify acquisition, that's been like a big piece of our puzzle because not only has it influenced our content strategy, but it's really helped us push what our customers are doing too. Like I just saw like a new thing that we did for one of our like really large enterprise customers. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I like lost it. I was like, why don't I want this today? Can somebody make this for us? Like, what are we doing? Cool. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's really helped us push not just our internal strategy, but everybody, like all of our customers, everything like that, which has been really fun. So nice. content for us is like the next wave across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So when you it's say, <laughs> when you say interactive content, what, do, what is interactive content? It's content that you can engage with, but I also like to call it like choose your own adventure. Right. So so a good example is we released a ton of new product marketing content uh, for uh, one pagers, like just new one pagers this year. And and they're built to one be sent as follow up by our reps. And, and what they're able to do is if I'm the recipient of that. Right. I can actually click around and choose how I want to be told that story or what, you know, maybe I just want to get to like, what does the feed, like, how does this work? Yeah. Maybe I don't need like the story of what challenge we're solving. Right. I just want to know like your feature functionality. Yeah. I have the option to just click on that second, yeah. engage with it. And then once I'm kind of done doing that, we always do uh, kind of, if you want more, like here's some related content. And so we call it uh, like our running joke on the, with our creatives was that, uh, it was the never-ending story. You could go down like the rabbit yeah. hole of content if you wanted to, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when we came out with it, I was like, "Oh, like we can get this all related." And so we can send you down like a full cycle of like every single thing we do within our platform. 
just from one piece of content. That's very good. Which is like wild, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> and I, so I remember when, cool. when I used to read, I haven't read a choose your own adventure book in a long time, but when I did used to read those books, I would choose one path and then I would get pretty far down the path and be like, actually, I think I'm going to back up and I'd go back to the, the decision tree and be like, I'm going to go down this path now. Yeah. It's sort of like oh, this path isn't really exciting me anymore. So right. I'll try out this one. And, and yeah. that's sort of like, that's how we wanted to build our content because we wanted it to be uh, our customer's choice on what they went down and where they're learning and things like that. We even do it in a lot of our presentations now too. It's like, like what here's resonating with you. Let's talk about it more if we cool. can. And then but we like, it's, it's really exciting. And, and again, it's all part of like what we're calling our content engagement experience. So it's not only can we, you know, not only do we have this like engaging content and these stories that we're telling, we're able to really help you guys make that too. So we can all be on that same yeah. new plane of like really changing how it works, you know? That approach makes so much sense because there seems to be this transition from the B2C experience for customers. People are so used to a mm-hmm. self-serve, on-demand experience in B2C. Yep. And it seems like B2B is trying to make that transition. I've heard that some companies are comfortable making, like we think of transactional purchases being, you know, $50 or $100, but in the B2B space, you know, if they need to spend $5,000, it's not really a big deal. That's that's transactional. Being able to provide that self-serve experience, not only are you talking about sales enablement, now you're talking about buyer enablement. Yeah. They have, you know, everyone's needs are unique and a buyer's time is so precious. They don't want to waste it going down the wrong path. So if you enable them, if you enable them to be like, this is what I care about and I'm going to go focus on what, what our team cares about. But if you give them this decision tree where they're able to take the ball and run with it, that definitely seems to be the future. Yeah. Well, and and two, we're, we're living in a totally different world. Like everybody's buyer is different now. Most of the time before we even truly engage with somebody, whether it be an inbound or even an outbound request, chances are they've done all of their due diligence. And what they're looking for next is like, what does your product look like? Straight up. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's crazy too, because like, well, you know, like how far down the line are you on your sales enablement journey or, you know, what are you looking to do? Things like that. And, and, and there's been times uh, kind of what I'll say in my like past lives at Mediafly where I've been like, flabbergasted by like how much somebody already knew about what we did or, you know, where we were going directionally, like even before, like, as I was demoing, I was like, you know, you can skip this part. I already know this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's crazy. And then, but then there's always that flip side too, where it's, you know, you can showcase something really great and they're like, Oh my gosh. Like I always like to save my showstoppers. I call yeah. them, we have some real showstopper, uh, kind of features that I, I think are so valuable and so exciting. And, and at first glance, you're kind of like, okay, maybe it's just, it's, it's a cool way for me to display content or, oh, okay. It's like some new fancy report. And then you get into the story of it and, uh, and people 
go crazy. Like they're like, yeah. oh my God, like we released a new functionality, a new reporting functionality about like a year and a half ago, I'll say. Uh, but the key component of that is, is this report that's called the content impact report. And the day I saw it, I like screamed. I was like in my office. I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And, and, and sometimes I'm like, this is a cool feature. I'm really excited about it. Right. But like when I saw that, I was like, there is an entire 30 minute story just around this functionality because it's the report that one, it's like our CMO, she always jokes that it's like our Bible. Like we look at it every day. It tells us exactly what we need, but what it does is it tells us what content is really like making us money and helping us win more deals. It's helping us move stages along in our sales cycle. And, but then not only does it do that, it goes like, Hey, here's some things that maybe you should push a little bit more for your reps, like in terms of your content activation strategy and, or, Hey, maybe you don't need this here. It's not really being used. So yeah. it gives you one that like beautiful multi-direction, but then it really tells you like what's working. So when we changed our, when we went from static to that interactive engaging content, we were like, let's see if it works. And like quarter after quarter, our best of the best content is increasing, like just wildly. And that was the thing that was like wild. It was just the first steps to all of it. And it wasn't just, you know, we really upped our content. It was that we changed our our Mediify tool. Like we use Mediify in-house, obviously we kind of have yeah. to, right? But, but prior to our sales enablement function happening, prior to somebody actually taking like true ownership of our usage of that application, like people weren't really using it. It was kind of like, maybe you used it, maybe you didn't use it. And then we kind of looked at it and I was like, well, nobody's using it now. So I can't scare everybody into it. You know, like they're going to be like, Elise, you threaten us too much. And then, <laughs> and, <laughs> total joke. I always tell everybody I'm like here to creep on them and that I'll find them telling you <laughs> stuff. And I don't know why they let me be like this, <laughs> but, but um, <laughs> What's what's been so kind of interesting is like one we we basically formed an entirely new sales team this year. Wow. Uh, well, twenty twenty one and 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 so like we started staffing? off really There's fresh, like a new staff, new staff, everything. Wow. Yeah. We we hit a point where we I always joke that our sales team was like there's no rules as long as you made money you could like do whatever right. you wanted. <laughs> right. And and. And as we continued to grow, like that wasn't scalable for us anymore. Right. We weren't a 30 person company. We became, you know, a hundred plus person company in the span of a couple of years, we went from 38 customers to 400 customers. You have to start building process. You yeah. can't just like be a scrappy team anymore sure. because there's more yeah. to lose. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so when we, when we really, when we started out, um, you know, the year in 2020, it was a big change. And, and it's also to COVID hit. We all went crazy, you know, yep. <laughs> like we, it's, it's bonkers. And, so and bonkers. It's so, it's what a year. Right. But, but yeah. what was so incredible. And I remember going like, okay, cool. Um, okay. Now we have one new sales rep. Okay. Now we have four new sales reps and now we're, I mean, I've been onboarding for the last four months, just new reps. We've added like yeah. 30 new people to the company. 
a quarter, Dang. which is wild. Yeah. But when we started fresh, it gave us the opportunity to go like, here's exactly what you need to do. Like, here's what we're looking for. Here's what we're going to hold you accountable for. You know, let's have this totally open line of communication. Like, cause I'm here to serve all of them. My job is to help them, coach them, make things easier for them and be a resource just overall. Right. Like, and train them. I have to train them. <laughs> and so, so when we, when we really refined our, our Mediafy platform that we use internally, uh, we went through some iterations. Like first it was like, I want to try this thing out tell me how it works. And some people get, I hate this. Okay, cool. What if we did it this? What if I tried this? Like, we'll see, we'd run it. Maybe it wasn't successful. Once we hit our like stride, that was it. We were just smooth sailing cool. from there. And like everybody's like, we have a hundred percent usage on, our sales enablement tool that, you know, for our, our sales reps and our CSMs, we're building out new use cases for everything every day. And we, everything that we do within our Mediafy application is what we want to share with our customers. And, and they like it, which is cool. Like I just helped a customer, I was supporting a CSM the other day and we have a functionality called workspaces, which allows you to kind of create um, it's like a custom microsite That's cool. that you can use for whatever you want, That's right? Good. But it's all on top of our platform. So nice. all the content that you have powers this. You can add design resources. You can you know, embed other websites. You can do all these things. It's a beautiful experience if you know what you're doing with it, right? Like, and, and I tell every customer, like, one, it's okay if you're not creative. You don't have to be. That's why there's creative people who work with you, right? But two, like, Think about who this is for, why we do it. And a lot of the customers that I've talked to are like, well, we love how you guys set yours up internally for what you do for like your hub for all of your like employees. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, we love it. It's so easy. So like, now they're building their own versions of it. I'm like, oh my God. like that's so wonderful. You know? <laughs> like, it feels so like exciting because in my head, I'm like, this is so utilitarian because I need to deliver the right content to everybody. Right. Like they need to know where the new content is. Yeah. They need to know what we're pushing. They need to know, uh, you know, if we're doing onboarding, like we do our onboarding all through yeah. there. They need to know what to watch and right. what's coming up that week. Homework right. I'm assigning. So it's uh, it's cool because in my head, I'm like, this serves a purpose right. for everyone here. Right. And then to see customers react to it is like, I want to do that. Yeah. I'm like, Ne- necessity so, is a mother. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's you know, and and one and the whole reason we we set up our our environment like that was because I knew that if it wasn't in front of everybody's face or it wasn't this like easy to navigate thing, like they weren't going to use the content we wanted them to right. use. Do sales enablement teams often feel overwhelmed by the volume of content? Is it difficult to know what is relevant or what can be performing? Sort of what content to use at the right time? Is that difficult? I think always it's difficult. And, and I think it's difficult because there's there's a couple of factors going on. Uh, one, uh, you know, sales reps have the tendency to not do great record keeping or good note taking or anything like that. So I can't tell if they used a specific presentation, one pager, whatever piece of content it might be in X amount of meetings. And then they closed all of those deals. So like, they're not going to tell me that they're not even, they're probably not going to remember what they said in a meeting two days ago, let alone tell me what content they started looking at. Right. (laughs) So, 
So then, um, so, so there's two things that go on. Like there's always that disconnect, right? There's a weird relationship, not even a weird relationship, but there's always a, a tenser relationship, I'll say, between sales and marketing. Marketing's job is to really help sales sell, uh, but they have a specific way that they want to do it and sellers have a specific way that they want to do it. Um, at Mediafy, like we have a really tightly knit sales and marketing team and I'm kind of like in the middle of all of them. So I'm a marketer, right? But ultimately I'm there to make our sales team knowledgeable, successful, great at what we do. But when we looked at the content, I mean, like when we, when I took on the sales enablement role at Mediafy, I sat down and went like, we, I have to get familiar with all of this content, you know? And cause I was demoing, I was like a demo machine before sales cool. enablement. I was, you know, and so I, um, when I got into, when I really got into sales enablement, I was like, I really want to know about our content. And we had so much content, like way too much content. And it wasn't even being used by anybody. And I was right. like, hi. And so we, we had to learn it all. Like I read every single piece of content. There was like 4,000 items, I think, or something yeah. that was like all commercial related. Yeah. And, and I talked to every single team leader. We did everything. And I said, what do you guys think is important? And I want to weed out everything else. And then I want to start focusing on the ROI. Right. Because we build a lot of content in-house, so we're eating up kind of our internal budget to do that, right? right? Um, and, and in doing so, we have to make sure that the time we're taking to make content, the strategies that we're enabling, it's all worth it. Yeah. And and so for for us, and I, I can't speak to, to some other organizations because everyone has a different version of how they define ROI from something, right? For us, we use our own internal tools. So that content impact report I was telling you about earlier, that's how we define ROI. Because if we can close deals, and I see my ARR increasing, um, you know, not even my like ARR, but I see my, you know, is our quarterly quota being met? Are our sellers meeting their quotas? What does our ACV look like right now? And, and if I can see okay, well, this deck helped, you know, was used in 15 deals and 14 of them closed. That's something I'm going to push into our cycle. This should be your first call deck, right? Because yeah. now we know yeah. out of whatever data that we're getting that we can do that. <clears throat> because not only can I look at the content and it goes like, this is great content. We're really happy, right? Yeah. I can also go into our CRM data and say, hey, uh, what stage was this used at? What is the industry? What kind of persona have we been talking to? And between that and all of our gong data and everything else, I can start to piece together the puzzle of how do we you know, take our 77-day sales cycle down to 30. Right. Right? And that's a crazy yeah. job. Like that one's yeah. going to take me like five years to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> But, but if I can start going like, okay, here's what's up with this rep. This is what's working for them. That means I can start bringing that to everybody else. So for us, we get to use our own technology and, and really just everyone working together to go like, this is working. This isn't working. Yeah. That's how people justify getting new content. I had a team member who's like, I need 15 case studies. And I was like, why? Right. <laughs> we yeah, a get, ton. There are many requests that come in. Yeah. You can put if you and can point so to weird. if you can point to the data and say this is performing, then you can make your informed decision. You can justify an expense based on past performance. You can say Yeah. And what we tell our customers too is like 
You know, um, you know, because since our Presentify acquisition, we have design services available now. How do I justify getting that budget, making that budget work, anything like that? Like it's all done within our tool. Yeah. So if I know I have coming up and then I go like, hey, this content strategy has really, really worked. I'd love to invest more in it. Now I have that backup. I have all of that data to go like, hey guys, we really need to invest more in this and here's why. You know? And yeah. that's how I should buy. Can't, can't argue with these numbers. <laughs> you can't, right? And it's like the best like fake business thing. Like, you guys can't can't play. look at these stats. <laughs> like but yeah, but but if if you know if if we get major content requests or something like that. And it could be for any variety of our sales team. Um, you know, I could sit, you know, we can sit there and go, okay, well, you know, the team that sells this product line only uses, you know, 30 items, let's say like, just, I'm, I'm going to throw mm-hmm. some numbers around, uh, but we have 400 commercial items widely available and they come to us and they go, I need 25 more items. I'm like, okay, well, what are they? Tell me about it let me tell you how your content is being used now. And so it's always like our, we have a a saying on marketing where it's always like, don't show up, um, don't show up to a meeting without data. uh, Because if you don't have something to back it up, we can't, we can't support it anymore. Like we are so data focused now. It's like, if somebody's asking anything, I'm going like, have you tried it? And they're like, no, I'm like, cool, I need you to try it. And then you can give me that data and then we'll decide if, Right. We can make it work, you know? Yeah. And so, so it's sure, just yeah. everything for us around ROI is based in the, the heart and soul of our core platform. And and then from there, you know, we have other tools you can use to justify more ROI, things like that. But yeah, yeah. when we're talking specifically content, it's I use our platform that is between that and CRM. Those are the two things that I am relying on to tell me what is working in terms of our content strategy. Yeah, so I yeah. can feed that to our CMO, to our VP of content marketing, all of that stuff to go like, this is working, this isn't working. Right. I can do that for sales content, but soon I'll be able to do that for our website content. Yeah. Do you guys use an account-based marketing strategy? Uh, we do. We actually, uh, we partner with Sixth Sense. Uh, yeah. We love them. Yeah. We have babies. <laughs> and, cool. and not even because they're like, we're probably their babies, honestly, because they're such a wildly <laughs> successful company. But, um, but yeah, we, we have a really close uh, partnership with them. Um, and, and we, one, we love working with them. They actually are, they use our product um, in-house there. Cool. Um, I've gotten to really, you know, work through some like, here's what we're doing. What are you guys doing? Let's figure it out together. But they're like, we, we have an entire dashboard, entire reporting dashboard for our outbound um, strategies that we help to base intent and everything else. So like we, you know, and, and the data that you get from ABM is so crazy, but, uh, and, and what's cooler for us is we, we released a, a newer integration with them. So if you're a success customer, you can get success data in Mediafy, right? And and what's crazy about it, and and the first time I saw this, I was like, I feel like we're in the future where everybody knows what we're doing, right? It's like yeah. it's like when you get a target ad and you're like, I literally was just thinking about that. Right. It shows up and yeah. you're like, is everyone watching us yeah. now? Like <laughs> I think that is the case. <laughs> It, is, it truly is. I've just yeah. like accepted it. I'm like, right. just put the clip in me and I'm like ready to go. Right. It's over. Game <laughs> over. You win. It's done. Whatever. <laughs> um, 
but but what's so wonderful about, about part of that, you know, like a, a small facet, I'll say, of that integration is that um, if I share something out with a prospect, with somebody I'm really trying to work to get that first meeting or anything like that, right? Like anything that I'm doing in my early stage of that sales cycle, or even during my sales cycle, which is even nicer, is that I can share something out of our platform. And when that recipient opens it, engages with it, I'm going to be notified via email. I'm going to get an email that's going to go like, hey, your share link was looked at. Like here's, and, and it creates what we call an engagement score. So this is how engaged they are with the content. And then the Sixth Sense stuff will come in and it'll be like, buy this person at this company. And you're like, oh, how? How did you know? Yeah. And, 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 and we were talking, you know, I, when, when we released this, I had a really long conversation with uh, one of our VPs of sales who focuses solely on new business. He runs our new business team. And he was like, this is going to change your life. He's like, what can we do to position this? What can we do to talk about it? What do we need to do? He's like, because the value that we're going to get out of it, everybody needs to know. Like, he was like, I want to shout this from the rooftops. I'll go to like yeah. every place in the matter. Yeah. And, and, and just that small part of it is, right. and yeah. then it helps us then focus more and more on those specifically targeted accounts that we're getting to. Yeah. Are you guys balancing that with a list of accounts that you want to do business with that you have an outbound motion for? Yeah. So we're actually doing both, which is really neat. And, and the outbound motion is for us specifically, like we call it like our dream accounts, like who do we really want to win and how are we kind of like creeping on them with all this data that we <laughs> <Yeah>. have? And, <laughs> and so, Cause like, you know, we're kind of like, what are you looking for? Yeah. You know? That's good. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, so for us, like that data has become, has become so good in, in our SVP of marketing. And he focuses a lot on our digital strategy. Like he's always like, this is everything that matters. We should be focusing in on this for everything. So for our inbound requests, it's kind of a no brainer. Like if they have right. an intense score right. uh, that looks great to us, like we're, they're getting put in that outreach sequence. They're getting, yeah. you know, the nice LinkedIn profile, you know, the LinkedIn messages from everybody. Like we're yeah. coming at them from all sides to be like, yeah. do you want to be our friend? Yeah. And, and then the outbound motion is like, it gives us all of the ammo to go like, Hey guys, why haven't you contacted this account? Like they have huge intent. They're looking at our competitors. They're looking at us. They're looking into these things. Like this is go in there, just start, figuring it out with them because even though they might not have like inbound with us, why aren't we going to actively outbound with them? So, um, so yeah, we use it in both ways. Uh, We're kind of refining more of the outbound strategy right now. The inbound strategy for us is like, like we got it down, which is good. Um, The outbound strategy is where, you know, we introduced um, two new roles specifically focused around there. And and one of them is, uh, you know, the, the kind of typical SDR, right? And but but we also introduced what we call a campaign manager, and they're like our kings and queens of data. Like they're the ones who are going like, this is who we need to target. This is when we need to follow up. Here's what outreach sequence I would recommend. Like what kind of personalization can we do? All of that stuff. They're sort of like the greatest assistant that an AE or an SDR could ever have. Cool. Ever because they have every single piece of like 
data from all of the systems. It's Sixth Sense, it's our HubSpot stuff, it's, you know, like anything. And yeah. they have it all at their fingertips. Yeah. And so, like, I looked at that dashboard. We created this giant jet dashboard for them. And I looked at it every day and I was like, these people are geniuses. <laughs> Like, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, and so, but it's it's just, and, and even having all of that data, it gives us all the reason to, one, really be able to, like, focus in on who we want to get into, how we're tiering our account segments, like, what is really worth the time and effort, and what can we kind of, like, get into a little bit later. But then also, on the flip side, it makes us hold everybody really accountable, if I see that you haven't like talked to somebody in three weeks, like I don't care what kind of conversation you've had with your manager on it or whatever. I want to know why you haven't talked to them in three weeks. If it's at stage four and we should be like negotiating red lines on a contract and it's been three weeks, <laughs> like right. one, I'm worried for you. And two, like I can see that now and go, how's it going? Yeah. You know, and, and, the, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know, it must, you know, but it gives me, it gives all of us the ability to go, okay, is this going to stall or, you know, what could be happening here? What's right. going on? And we have all of that data so we can yeah. start building a story That's cool. and then cross reference. So it's, yeah, our SVP over here, he's, he's like a mad scientist, but I love it. I love every part yeah. of it. It's just, we're like, how many meetings do we need to get to be happy? <laughs> And he'll tell me like, day of, like, yeah. it'll just, I'll be like, what do you think? And he's like, 15 numbers. It's yeah. never enough. And then it's like me going like, Oh my God. <laughs> That's cool. Many yeah. times when companies are just starting out, they have their minimum viable product and they're just trying to get market traction. It's like super early stage. The ACV is pretty low. And then ultimately, once they have a well-refined product, all the pieces of the puzzle are in place they can start to move a market and start to yeah. sell, start to work higher ACV deals. Yeah. Is, that, is so, that a journey that you guys have found to be the case as well? Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. We live in a very, uh, we're, we're a company that loves to land and expand. That's our, our favorite thing in the entire world. And, and we learned early on, um, you know, post, I'll say we really started ramping up in terms of ACV, customers and sales um, in like 2017. So we did our first acquisition there. We acquired Alinean, uh, which is like an ROI tools company. So we rebranded that um, as Value Story. And then the following year, we uh, acquired iPresent, which is another sales enablement content management platform um, that we like. We loved some of their technologies and we really wanted to make it a part of our own. And so we were like, do you guys want to come be with us too? Um, and then of course we, you know, we landed Presentify last fall, but, but when we acquired iPresent, um, there's, you know, we kind of looked at it as like the light version of Mediafy. So it was like, that was your entry level. Yeah. And, and we ran it, we ran a program called sales enablement for all. And, and, and we hit up, you know, because it was like hundred dollars, hundred users, hundred days. What a deal. Right. Uh, but but we learned that one, our ACV was so low yeah. <laughs> and we were getting kind of that conversion we wanted to. And and we had to start making decisions around that product. So it was right. it was really like, you know, do we continue to sell this? Are we going to support the current customers that exist on it? Because we had so many more customers now. Right. Um, and once we got into kind of the land of Presentify, things like that, there was two things that we started to notice. So we have, we have two main core 
products that we sell at Mediafly. And at the end of the day, everything is Mediafly, but it's again, that kind of like choose your own adventure, yeah. right? So there's our sales enablement and content platform. Um, and then we also have our value story tools and value story tools can live within the platform, or you can get a customized tool that lives up on its own website or your website, anything like that, right? So you can have them standalone, but to really get the best out of it all, you want it all to be in that one ecosystem. And, and we learned that value story was, was an easier sell overall because it's, it's there to accomplish one goal. Right. It, right. And you can and, wrap and, your head and, around it. It's not, um, it's not like, you know, 15 just, things yeah, in one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Swiss army it's knife. It's not super complex <laughs> and it's, it's like brass tacks like here's here's this tool, yeah. here's the function, that's what's going on. And and so one of the things that we did was um, with our value story tool, we created a new tool called Tool Builder. And it was sort of like a self-serve version of our value story tool line. And so we created a program uh, that we called Jumpstart. And, and we were like, cool, let's do Jumpstart ROI. So it's we'll engage our customers with a two-week build of their own tool builder that they can then modify over time that's delivered within our gateway, all of that fun stuff. And it was at, you know, set price point and that's it, yeah. right? It was like you pay and then you get this in two weeks and then you're yeah. ready to go in two weeks. Yeah. like, no one's going to fight with that. Right, yeah. <laughs> and And that program was like, wildly successful and 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 we were like that's awesome and so we were like how do we make that work for platform like how do we get this to work for platform and we had just you know we we did our we just finalized the presentify acquisition and we were like what if we did jumpstart presentations and so now you could get 50 users on the mediafy platform with a new presentify piece of content. So take an existing deck, maybe your pitch deck or whatever, right? That you want to give a facelift. We'll do that for you. We'll deliver it for you within our system. It's three weeks, you know, production time, essentially. Yeah. During that time, we'll get everybody ready to go. We'll get you fully onboarded, whatever. And then you're out into the world. And that's just at a base price of so you have a 90-day opt-out. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. But um, luckily, we have an incredible customer success team that's just like, don't you want to be with us forever? And yeah. Like, yeah. And so, so we were already looking at a pretty, you know, we went from the baseline of like, you know, zero, <laughs> basically, <laughs> to whatever we were selling up, you know, just across the board to here is this super easy like let's get you started cost. Yeah. Um, and, and since we've introduced that, we've seen our, our company-wide ACV is sitting in around on average, which is great yeah. for us. Like we like that. Uh, but our new business team is hitting around like um, or higher depending on what they're bundling everything else with. It might not just be jumpstart presentations. They might be adding in that jumpstart ROI to put it all together. They could be pushing more users. They could be doing things like that. And so there's sort of like the gateway into right. all of the things that we offer here. And then and then we kind of shifted over to our growth team and they're the ones who are really like nurturing the expansions for everybody. So yeah. it's not just, you know, are we ready to roll this out with new users in your business line? But what other business lines can we work with? Right. There are other regions we can work with. Right. And so we look at 
not just expanding that current business, but further out. But then what's even better is that we have so many other things to sell. If I bought Mediify's platform and I'm ready to start value selling with value tools, I can get one now. If I want to integrate my LMS so that it plays really nicely within Mediify, I'm able to do that. We can even sell you an LMS if you want to because we're wonderful partners. And so it's really like, you know, you want more design services, like you got it, whatever you want, but we can continue to put it out as we one, really build that partnership with our customers and, and our customers are truly our partners. We are here to help each other in every way we can. And and some of our customers are like some of my favorite people in the entire world. And yeah. they're so innovative. They've done so many cool things. We've seen so much like opportunity grow for them that yeah. we you know, we're like their biggest cheerleaders. We're just yeah. like, you yeah. get it, you know, and like, but uh, but what's so cool about that kind of land and expand model is that it gives us not just the time to understand the customer, understand their priorities, but then it gives us the opportunity to go, hey, it sounds like you're having this pain point and I think we have something that will help you with it. Yeah. And and the further you can get into there, the better, right? Like, and, and a lot of that is because one, again, we have an incredible CS team. And as somebody who worked on that CS team, I can like truly attest to it. They've evolved in such a beautiful way. Like I joke with our SVP of customer experience like all the time. Like I'm like, did I leave at the right time or should I wait? You know, like <laughs> and she's like, Elise. But yeah. but they're so talented and they're and they're they're really transforming into a true commercial mindset. What do I need to do to help you through what we offer here? And how does that work? And so our, between our customer success managers and our, our growth team, they're like in and out of everything. Like they're going like, okay, I'm going to multi-thread over here, but uh, it sounds like, you know, I've heard this over and over again and like our check-ins or, you know, our meetings leading up to our EBR. So maybe that's something that we should start strategizing. Like what does refresh look like? What does, you know, value selling look like? What does expanding to the customer success team looks like? Like there's so many routes and we're the ones building out those stories. So we're able to take our use case, our numbers, everything else to then push that ACV out further as we continue our relationship with customers, which is great. It sounds simple. And I think it is simple just being invested in, if you want to, if you want to call them your partners or customers, like actually being invested in helping them. I mean, anytime you talk about these like non-tangible things like intention, intention yeah. is, is pretty like woo. And it's like, oh, like we are meditating now. So focus your attention. Yeah. But really, if you, if you come into a business relationship with a pure intention of saying, I am only here to help you, then that's received on the other end. Like, oh, you were like, actually here to like actually help like you don't want to upsell me and like you know the commission feeling but if you're like purely intentionally okay. there for them and that's i can't say that without sounding woo but it's true right I mean, no, it's if you like, like actually want to help them then it's they can feel it yeah and and i think that's that's sort of that's our mindset all the time. I think everybody in the company lives in that mindset. I could call up an engineer tomorrow and go, Hey, I need you to come talk to this customer with me about, you know, 
this strategy or maybe a weird thing that we've seen in the product that I've been harassing you, but they also want to harass you about it <laughs> or like whatever, right? Like, like they would do it. Like anybody would do it. And I think that's the part that's like huge. I've worked at different startups. I worked with many, many a team before. And it's so rare that every single person in a company is so invested in the success of our customers. And like, we really cheer them on. Like we love it. You know, we do, we do a customer summit every year. We call it our evolve conference and we let them talk about their successes. Yeah. And, and it's not just like, you know, they gave me this product and this is what I did with it. It's like, here's all this nurturing that we've done to make you truly successful. And, and because we love them. I mean, they're the reason why we exist at this point. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, you know, and, and, but we look at that everywhere. It's, we love our customers because they are truly the, our number one fans. Like we've, we've had like customers who'd be like, I want to work with you guys one day. And I was just like, I don't know if you want to go that far. But like, <laughs> you know, you know? But this like, is moving a little like, bit too fast. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you want to do that. It's kind of crazy. Like, we're, we're all crazy. So like, you know, but, um, but it, it's, you know, I, when I was a customer success manager, anytime I met a new customer or I was onboarding a new account, the first thing I would always tell them was like, I am here for you to make this help your business. And I'm not here to try to get money from you or anything like that. I truly want you to succeed. And I want you to succeed using our tool because I know how valuable it is. And now it's my job to show you the value that it can give you based on what your business needs. And, um, and even then, like some, some of our customers have like innovated way outside of like what we initially would have thought. And so like I talk to them pretty frequently. It's like, you know, I can set a meeting with somebody that I've, you know, that's been a customer for a couple of years and I could be like, what are you guys doing to solve this problem? Nice. And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I'm not really sure. I'm like, well, I'm noodling on this. So I want to hear your feelings on it cool. because at the end of like, eventually we all become experts on the product. Right. And so now we're going, what can I do to push this? Like a lot of our product has been because our customers have given us that feedback. Yeah. I would love if it worked this way. I would love if we had this functionality. Yeah. I would love if it was easier or yeah. whatever. And we're like, that's a great idea. Let's build it. It's so cool. It's, yeah. it's, truly so unusual to see, but it's so like, it warms my heart yeah. because our my mindset is I need to make our product the best for our sellers. And I need to be like, I need to take care of all of them. Right. And so, because if they're not good at their jobs, that's directly correlated with our failure, yeah. right? Like, and, and we want to win. Like I've, I've, I've been at this company for six years and I'm like, let's see how far we can go. I want yeah. to go as far as we can. Yeah. And everybody thinks that way. But when we talk about our customers, they are our life source. Like they're right. truly the people that we really care about right. and we want to understand what they're doing. So, <clears throat> so it's really cool that we get to have that kind of relationship and, and we have that true intention because even though we live, you know, in land to ex- like land and expand, obviously right. we're trying to get more money, but like, yeah. but we're doing yeah. it in, in a very, specific way that isn't like, oh, are you guys ready for some new users or right. what's going on? You know? <laughs> it's just yeah. sort of like, there's like a dance that you have to do around it. But right. it's really, if you're, if you're good at really discovering things, that's when you can suss out kind of that like 
I'm trying to get this out of you versus like, Hey, we've talked about this like 10 times. Right. And I know, you know, like I know how your business runs. I know what's going on. So like, let's talk, you know, I know your budgeting is coming up. So why don't we talk about this or, you know, like, let's see what it would look like. Things like that. It's one thing to pitch. Like I already have the solution for you. Just what's the right time. So it's, it's fun. It's been really cool to see. And it's cool to see what everybody else is doing. And I'm just like, thinking about customer advocacy since Mm -hmm. like the customer experience is really like the source of growth and it's not just for your company it's this is like this is across the board yeah you're talking about if you have a recurring revenue model and your customers are very happy and you're able to retain them and then they become you know the flywheel starts spinning and your customers become your advocates how have you guys seen customer advocacy as a form of marketing? Oh, that's a great one. Um, so when we look at customer ag- advocacy, we're looking at a couple of different things. Um, if we have a really incredible relationship, that means that we get great case studies, which means that you know we get more inbounds. It helps support our outbound efforts, things like that. But then also when we look at it from a marketing perspective, we want... We want it to be across the board. So at Mediafy, you know, not only is it working on our top of the funnel content where we can be like, this company had this much success with us, right? But it's also more about, you know, we want to excite them so much that they want to tell their story to everyone and they want to do it in any forum. And so for us, we have a couple of different ways that we do that. So one of them obviously is through content marketing. The the second one is we we have a program that we have. It's called the Evolve Selling Institute. It's run by our chief evangelist, Tom Vassello. And, and he's really like a true thought leader in the world of sales enablement, value selling, uh, kind of that whole thing. And so he does a podcast called the Evolvers Podcast. And, and a handful of our customers have been on to discuss their strategies. And, and that for us is like a huge win. If I can get a big name from a big enterprise company to be on that podcast because they're just like so pleased with our working relationship. Like we're all like dead on the inside. We're like, so we have that. Right. And, and also it gives us the opportunity to really promote those use cases, but then we do, we have events. So we, we have our yearly evolve event and that's like our true customer showcase. That's our, like, we're so proud of you. We invite customers, we invite prospects, like anybody can come. We like post it on all of our, you know, social media channels, things like that. And in this year, like we just had it yesterday, which was really cool. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and I like, I love listening to it. I love, I love hearing our success stories and I love kind of like, um, you know, and it's, it's wonderful to see our company going like, I love that this person was so excited and that they're, this is like, they think about any sales process that they're going through, any sales motion that they're going through. They're making sure that they're including our product or even just like our people in it. Like who at Mediafy can I ask? I bet you they went through it or something like that. And, and that for me is like the truest form where like you can go, Hey, do you want to talk to a bunch of people about, how you've been working with us, what you guys are doing with our tools. And if people are like overwhelming you, like, yes, that's when I know we've done something so good <laughs> that, that there's like no denying it. And, um, and so between, I think like our, our case studies, our podcasts, our blog posts, 
um, and the events. It's those are all true testaments as to what our relationship with our customers, but also their relationship with us, how they're really being true advocates, like sight unseen, which is incredible. And it's it's difficult to have that kind of trust, that kind of relationship. But I mean, there's like customers we've had for years. And if I like show up on a meeting, they're like, hey, Lisa, what's up? Yeah. Oh, God, I miss you. What's yeah. You know, like, yeah. like, how's whatever? And so it's, it's really cool. It's so yeah. cool. So software yes. as a service, software as a service. There's an opportunity for companies to focus on the service aspect of SaaS. Like the picture that you're painting right now is that of this ongoing relationship. It's a business relationship. You're mutually invested in the customer success. And yes, there's software. And software is like (laughs) a very powerful tool, but... Of course. It's really immediate flies case. The service is so important. That's like the basis of the business relationship. Yeah, it's it's such a big big part of it and when we look at the service part of of our ecosystem at Mediafly, it is the thing that we're always thinking about. It's it gives us the reason to kind of nudge our prospects going like look at what all of our existing customers get right now you could get this too. And this isn't like, we're not faking, we promise, you know, like we do a series called Mediify Masterclass. And, and, and I think that that's, it's customer only webinar. We do it every month and we pick topics and the topics are based on what our CSMs are like hearing in the field. What are they, you know, what do people want training on? What do they want to do more strategy on? Like, what can we do to, uh, you know, give this information out on a broader scope that's not just strategic, because we always want to be strategic with our customers. But at at the end of the day, they have to be as tactical as possible. So how can we provide you a high level strategy? And then how can we show you exactly what to do with it? Yeah, right. And so, um, like, we just did a two part series. It was like a two month masterclass series (laughs) of, um, of, of our functionality workspaces, which are those microsites. And, and I, I got, I was the one who was asked, you know, they're like, do you want to be our, our gal this time? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. That's great. And, and cause one, I love workspaces. I have, I'm the one who makes them <laughs> internally. Yeah. So I would hope that I teach everybody about it, but but it, you know, our first our first webinar on it was just strategy. It was here's how you strategically think about workspaces. Before we get in and we build one and we do any of that, like here are all of the things that we want to think about. What is the story you are telling with this? Hands on, just like what's the story that you're telling when you're selling? What's the story that we're telling internally here? And 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 we had a huge reception to it. It was like our number one webinar. It was like we had the highest attendance, all these things. And we were like, okay, cool. We're definitely onto something with this. Let's keep on giving these kind of like high level ones. So I want to say like our next one, we're talking about our reporting, which we call insights. And I was like, I'm ready to do it. If you guys want, I use it every day. (laughs) So like, let's go. But then we get to deliver those strategies that we're doing with our customers. And that's just one small piece of like that service function, right? That's just like, here's nice to have thing. But then we also, you know, we put such a focus on our customers. We have um, you know, we have customers that are a part of panels that we're creating that are giving us direct product feedback that are getting access to like, you know, staging on new features, things like that. And so, and that's like awesome. Like there's so many 
you know, just pieces of software that I use in my day-to-day job that isn't Mediafy related that I would love if somebody went like, Hey, we're testing out this new feature. Do you yeah. see what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And it's just, so it's just, there's so many cool service things that we're doing. Yeah. And then on top of it, our customer, you know, like I think I, I could call any of our customers and I'd be like, can you tell me what you think about your customer success manager? They would be like, I love them. They're cool. always here for me. And like, and that's what I like to hear. That's like what I'm about. But then our salespeople feel exactly the same way. Our salespeople are so invested in their success. They're so like tightly knit with customer success that they can go like, we're going to tell the story together. It's not like I'm here to give you contracts and they're here to like put out the fire for you. It is like, we're truly a team here and, and we're so invested in supporting you. And, and that has to feel from like, you know, I've had so many bad experiences where I've been like, this is the worst customer experience I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and, and as a person who was in customer success for a long period of time, like that's like, it's like offensive to me because I know what it's like to deliver a great experience. Yeah. And so if we're able to deliver that great experience overall, like that's exactly what we want. And I, I used to tell all of the CSMs when, when I was a CSM, when I left, I was like, I was like, deliver the experience that you want, that you would want somewhere else. Because if it's not up to your standard, then it's definitely not up to our standard, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. But service for us is such a big deal. We want to give the best service. We want to be the best thought leaders, the best, you know, trainers, the best everything. And so we have such a big focus on that because it is software. Like we can fix the software. We can make it better over time. We can have everybody, you know, do whatever, like we can turn out new features, like it's nobody's business. But at the end of the day, if we're not supporting them in any way, shape or form, who cares? Right. Who cares? You know? Is that the differentiator? Like, because when you're kind of like shifting gears a little bit into marketing, when someone shows intent and they're like, yeah, I'm in the market for something like this. And they're considering multiple pro. I kind of envision them having twelve tabs open in the browser, and they're like pricing <laughs> page on every single one of the tabs. There is a trap where it can become commoditized. The commodity, the commodity game, is a bad game to play. It's a race to the bottom, and you know if it's twelve ninety nine versus twelve forty nine, then the twelve forty nine wins because they have more widgets and yeah. it's slightly cheaper the sooner you can escape the commodities market, the better. Do you think, and I kind of wonder if this is the case, but do you think the service aspect of SaaS is what is the differentiator? I do personally. And and I do because I've been on the service end of things. And I think that, um, you know, I think it's one thing to be like, we can negotiate a better financial deal for you. I can justify the ROI for you via sales tools and whatever, right? But but at the end of the day, it is truly you you can sell to anyone, but you can't keep anyone. It just doesn't work that way, right? Like if you sell a bad deal, they're going to churn. That's the end of the relationship. We all lose. And so um, I used to a rep once said to me in in a former life, I'll say that he didn't really care what happened after he closed a comp after he closed something. He said, well, it's up to customer success to fix it. And I went like, (laughs) yeah, it was like, literally like I was like, I, 
<laughs> I think I like thought about going into like the bathroom and crying after I heard that because I was like, this is so like, like, yeah, do you want to like, okay, when you just stab me, two, I'm going right. to throw it back. And then like three, I'm going to cry. Because yeah. that's like, that's the worst mindset. Like right. one, you sell a bad deal, everybody loses. Right. Everybody loses. Right. It means that you don't, you're not going to get that recurring commission. You're not going to get any of that stuff. Like, and on top of it, the company is going to lose money because we're going to be investing all this time mm. into saving them or doing yeah. something for them that you know, doesn't make sense. And so, so when so any differentiator is always going to be services. So you can have an on par product. You can have you know you can innovate in certain ways. It's really more of what are you getting out of that relationship because that's what people care about. You know, like we can adjust a product feature. Fine. We can innovate the software. Great. Right. But if I have a bad help desk, if I have bad customer success managers, even if I have bad account executives, like we're not going to do well. (laughs) You can give as many discounts as you want. It doesn't mean that they'll stay. And we're in the business of making people stay. I don't like to live in a world of like a one-year contract and I'll see you later. I want you to be a customer for the rest of your life. And so we do everything we can to make that happen. And some of our longest relationships, we've seen so much growth with them. They've really become a true trusted partner. And those are like the accounts that we're like, we love them. Like they're everything to us. And, and, so we'll, we'll always put in that extra effort, but we want to do that with every single person. And we, you know, and that's one of the things our sales reps always talk about, you know, they're like, you will get a white glove service here. And we're truly not like making it up, anything like that. Like when I was a CSM, I remember I would have like end users calling me at like nine o'clock at night because they had a big presentation and I was like, yeah, I'll help you, you know, cause like I wanted them to be happy and I wanted it to work. Yeah. And, and and sometimes yeah. that's not like a part of our model, right? But if you have that like sure. moment of like up and beyond, people will always appreciate that because you took that five minutes to be like, hey, it's cool. Yeah. Like we're going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And or yeah. if they're like really hair on fire, if you're like, my hair is on fire too. <laughs> and so, and that's like, yeah. if you deliver that, you, it, it doesn't work. You know, people don't it gives you the excuse to go somewhere else, you know? And that's what we've heard a right. lot too. in, in yeah. our competitive deals, it's just yeah. been like their service isn't great. And you're like, Oh, right. Like well, we want to help you. So <laughs> it's, I think like I used to tell yeah. customers, we were, like, we were definitely like, we were like your true partner. Like I am, I'm on your team. I'm here with you every step of the way. I think I told one customer, I was like there to like, I was like, it's basically like I swaddle you and that's, and we're cool, you know? And he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was just like, this is just who I am. I'm sorry. Have you ever swaddled a baby? Um, so I've seen it happen. I haven't done it. Like I'm like one of those, um, <laughs> Okay. I'll back it up. Yeah. My, one of my best friends has two kids and I adore them. They're like my favorite, yeah. like my favorite children in the entire world. I'm like that, yeah. uh, that kind of crazy person who's like, don't hurt yourself. My house is a death trap. And so it's like me just like following yeah. a two year old around going like, yeah. Hey. And so like when they were babies, she was like, Oh yeah, I got to swallow them. Hold on. And I think I asked once, like, why do you swaddle them? She's like, also oh, doesn't like they don't hurt themselves. And I was like, no, 
I said that to an adult well, once, and she was like, well, no, no, no it's, a, it's, it's actually but, not just because of that. So they replicating oh, the feeling yeah. in the, it's, yeah, it's a replicating of the feeling in the womb because in the, in the womb. womb, they're all like, like this. Yeah. And so if you, mm. if you burrito them, you turn them into a little baby burrito and you like make it nice and tight, then they feel all like, they feel like they're getting a hug like all the time. Like what? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm here to hug you. That's all. I don't know. So um, <laughs> everyone is pretty much remote selling is just like the status quo right now. And pre-pandemic, um, yeah. it was there was a mix of live presentations, in-person events, sort of this opportunity for face-to-face connection. And mm-hmm. that was a great opportunity for relationship building. And now we kind of have new dynamics where we have to be remote first. There was a time in website development where it was like, we offer a mobile website. And it's like, wow, good job. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but now it's mobile is like you have to design for mobile. It's just 50% of your web traffic. Yeah. So now it's, it's normal to have a completely remote selling experience how have you found both your team, but also your customers? How have people been able to adapt to that remote selling environment? Yeah. Remote selling uh, has always been something that we've, at least at Mediafy, we've dabbled in, I would say, uh, because you can't, sometimes you can't go out to every big deal. Sometimes you just, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. And so, so when we looked at remote selling and when we saw the bigger shift into remote selling, what we really wanted to focus on is making sure that in our, our new landscape, right. That like we were still really engaging, really um, still giving that kind of like media fly experience, but in a, in a slightly different way. And, and some of it is, you know, what we've seen is one, like we're all at home, everybody's like learning crazy stuff about them. And I think like probably every meeting I've had for the last six months, like my cat has been in it. My dog has been in it. My boyfriend has been in it. And it's just me going like, that's life. You know, <laughs> I think there's this nice yeah. human part of it. Right. Like, and, and, and so one, I think that like, you know, it's, it's, the pandemic has been so interesting because it's not just changed how we interact with our friends or our families, but it changes how we work. And, and when we look at deals across the board, um, when we look at, you know, interactions we've had or things like that, we always do a mix of everything. It could be like, I call my customer, I have a zoom meeting with them, you know, we're emailing back and forth, like whatever. But when we're looking at remote sales, for us, we had to make it exciting. And it wasn't just like, you have a great personality and we're all going to like laugh on the call, right? Like, because tons of people can do that. Sellers are bred to do that. (laughs) And so like, it's their job to have a good show time, right? But but when we Mm -hmm. looked at, you know, we had to sit down and go, well, what's the story that we're telling? And that COVID pivot was really like, like it was like one day we were just like, how do we talk about this? Right. And and we need to be able to sell digitally. Yeah. We need to be able to change things, but we also still have to have that level of accountability, things like that. And so when we looked at digital selling, we started with content. We started with our just overall strategy with it. And then we 
tested it all. We went like, what works? What doesn't work? What are people into? What are people not into? And, and as we've done it throughout this entire time, we've refined it further and further and further. It's a part of our story now. Let me tell you how you can sell remotely better with us. And, and so when we've seen our customers, they're taking the innovations that we've kind of made and putting it into practice there. And, and, you know, we're, we're a B2B business. We work mostly with enterprise companies. We're very SaaS model, right? Like it's easy for us to sell our product because it's, you know, software is an easier sell. If we're working in like CPG or like manufacturing, CPG most of their like distributor network is face to face. It's me going to a grocery store. It's me going to a convenience store and going like, I would like to sell you my goods. Right. Here's the promotions that we're running, things like that. Right. And right. and and some of that is happening. You have to pivot. And how do you pivot? How do you make that engaging? And now when people are like afraid of face to face interactions and all these other things, like what can I do in five minutes to engage you? And and a lot of what we've seen is building our content so that you can easily pivot your conversation, building a story that is truly like, here's what path I can go down. Um, and, and so we've seen it with a handful of our customers that uh, part of their transformation into digital selling was based all around content. What content do we have to tell our story? What promotions are we running this quarter and how does that affect it? And, you know, what's our runtime across the board for these things? And, and some of the innovations that they're doing is like, I was just like, I saw, I saw something one of our customers did and I, my jaw was literally on the floor. Like, I was like, where are you telling me this is like, we, we can do that like straight up. And it's crazy. I was like, we can do that (laughs) because it looked like, it looked like an app. It looked like I opened up an app on my iPad and fully engaged with it. And, and it's just, it's in our platform and it's like, we did some tricky stuff to make it happen, but now I can show that in a meeting and somebody's going to go like, whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me about your stuff because now I can choose my own adventure. I can go through that motion. And, and so for us, that's, you know, we were like, this is kind of what's working for us. Let's tell our, like we can tell our people about it, but, um, but digital selling for us has been, so content heavy because that's what we can engage people with. And that's what we can really wow people with. And they get really, people get really excited when they see some of those things. So not going in completely chronological order. Tell me about yourself, you as a person and what, so yeah, you, what has your journey? Tell me about your role at Mediafly now and how did you get there? Yeah. So So currently at Mediafy, I am our sales enablement director. um, And I got here through a very long journey, I would say. Um, I started my career uh, working Apple retail. Um, I sold computers. I was horrible at it. (laughs) And but I loved helping people. Um, which is hilarious now that I'm, it's very ironic to me that I'm in sales enablement. And one of my first like out of college jobs was selling computers and I was horrendous at it because I was the person who was like, no pressure. Just let me know. Cause I wanted to sell the value of it. I wanted to right. go like, I'm really going to change your life. And like, if you're not ready to buy today, come back and see me in a couple of days. And then they would, and then I want to be there. It was like my shift oh, or something. Right. So somebody else. Would <laughs> <laughs> one of them. And I was just like, darn it, you know, but 
but what I loved about that experience was one, I, I had a lot of opportunities. So I moved into a genius role after like my first year of being at Apple. And I loved being a genius when I got like the coolest business card of all time. It's at Elise Oldenburg genius on it. And I was like, cool, you're now Wiley Coyote nice. and like your life is complete. Yeah, and uh, and I loved that job, I, but I loved that job, and I loved that job because I loved helping people, and that was really for me like a big wake up call. Like I have a my my degree, my bachelor's degree is in film production, and like you know, oh right on, theaters That's are closing cool. everywhere. It's it's difficult. Yeah, it's crazy. And 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 right. Apple was like the reason why I was like, wow, maybe I can get into this tech thing. Maybe I can, you know try out some new stuff and, and maybe we can see where it goes. And, and sure enough, like I moved into, I moved to Chicago. I got a job at a payment startup. I worked this help desk. Like I was like a support person. I moved into account relationship, like relationship management. And I was like, I think there's something to this. And, and account management was fun. It taught me really good renewal skills. It taught me how to upsell or cross sell, things like that. But I wanted to focus more on that relationship because I like, I love meeting new people. I love understanding their problems. And, and it gives me a true joy to solve problems for people, whether it be an external customer, an internal customer, everybody to me is like a customer. <laughs> I want to help everybody solve their problems. Even if I can't, I want to be there for everyone. I want to like, I want to hold your hand through your life. That's like, I want to be there for you for those moments. And, um, and, and so I got into customer success and, and, you know, I bounced around. I had a couple of other startup gigs because I really loved the life of startup. I loved that. Like, it's this crazy environment where no day is the same where you really have to be invested. You have to continuously learn. You have to do all these things. And I like lived for it. I was just like, this is incredible. Like there's collaboration and autonomy. And it's not like, here's this rule book on like how you talk to people or, you know, anything like that. It was, it's, it's such a free, scary place to be that I like, I live for it. I was like, give me all the chaos. It's the best. And, and then one day I found Mediafy. (laughs) Um, which is, you know, like I was just like, where's my next step? And, and, um, and I, and I remember when I found Mediafy, I had like no idea what they did. Like I couldn't figure it out. Marketing at the time wasn't like the best. And I was just like, what is this stuff? Like, how does this work? And, and I remember I, when I interviewed initially, I, I wanted to be a customer success manager. And so I was interviewing for that role and they had a very small team. It was a VP of customer success and two other CSMs. So I became their third CSM. And to this day, I am so grateful that they took the chance on me because I was a crazy person like in that interview. like I showed up and was like, I want to be entirely myself. And I want to work for a company that lets me do that. And, and I remember I'd been working remotely and my, you know, the our VP of customer success who was my hiring manager, right? Like I came in, I went into the office and I said, you should feel so lucky. And he's like, why? And I was like, oh, well, I like took a shower today and I like got dressed in like real clothes and I like did my hair and my makeup. I I put an effort in for you. You should feel really special for that. And he just looked at me like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, who is this person? (laughs) And I was just like, just kidding. Like, okay, you know, like whatever, but I, you know, I came in, 
I came in so hard. Like I was just like, I'm, this is just how yeah. I am. Like I like, and, and yeah. I, I want to make weird jokes. I'm, you know, just an out there person. And so I wanted to be at a yeah. place that like really accepted that. And, um, yeah. And and they did because they hired me. And and I remember like I yeah. later met my my former leader's wife. And the day she met me, she said, I remember the day he interviewed you. He came home and he was like, She's it. She's it for the team. And like she's gonna help. It's gonna be great. And I was just like, Oh my god, that's crazy. Cause I think I, I showed up like guns blazing. Like I'm right. like Yeah. You know? And and it was so cool that one, they they gave me that opportunity, but two, like one of our biggest things is that like we want you to genuinely be yourself. That's like our biggest thing. And you shouldn't have to, you know, adjust your life to go to work. Like you shouldn't adjust who you are. Like there should be two yous, right? And so and and I was such right. a big proponent of that. That's what I was looking for in my next role. And so and they have well, let go. me do it Boom. through and through, which has been really cool. And and so yeah, yeah, I joined the CS team and and we were like a scrappy company. Like my employee number is 46. We were in a small office. Like we were just like I remember like being crammed between like an iOS engineer and like our CTO and going like, Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> like, I'm just learning yeah. about the product or whatever, you know, and um and and those like really like those early days for me were, were so cool. And, and I loved customer success. Like I like ate, slept and breathed customer success. I wanted to be the best at it. I wanted to be the best CSM that Mediify ever had. I was like, so into it. I loved it. And what was great about being there early on was that I really did get the opportunity to really grow my career at that company. And I wasn't really given that chance before. And so, so I was so excited. And so, you know, I, I, I was our CSM, I was our third CSM. I helped kind of scale out, uh, you know, new processes, new ways that we did things like, you know, I was like, why don't we revisit the onboarding program and see what we can do to make it easier, like for us, right? Because we were like the jack of all trades. We ran help desk, we did implementation and onboarding, and we were customer success managers. And that's, one of those jobs is hard to do. And so we were like, let's just do it all. Who cares? And so we, and we did it, but we had to refine it as time went on. And so what I liked to do was like, I was like, okay, here are my accounts. Here's like, I know what time I'm spending on them. I know what's going on. And then I really got into operational processes. I loved strategically thinking. I love like rolling out new stuff. I had such a fun time with it. And and because I was doing that sort of like all behind the scenes for like the greater good of the company, I got the opportunity to do that like full time. So I was promoted from CSM to the director of customer operations. And I like died a little bit on the inside. I was like, me, you're going to let me do that. That's so exciting. Cause it, I loved it. I was so obsessed yeah. with it. It was like the only thing to talk about. Yeah. And, and uh, it was so exciting for me. And, and I got to do that for about, two years and I've been at Mediafy for about six years, which is the longest I think anybody's ever been in a startup. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's wild. And, um, and, you know, and, and it hit yeah. a point where um, I was looking to challenge myself in a different way. I wanted to try something else out a little bit. And our, our CCO at the time uh, really loved the idea of like me moving to the sales team. He was like, I think you'd be a great seller. And I was like, 
I don't, I'm not good at like not taking no for an answer. It's just like, not like if somebody goes like, no, I'm like, okay, leave me alone. And then I just kind of like back off, you know? And, and he's like, no, no, no. Like let's get you to sell. But what about solutions engineering? And I was like, you want me to demo stuff? You know? And I thought that was like such like, I was like, what a boring job. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's totally not like that. He's like, you have to trust me on this. And, and he was a great mentor to me. And I loved him. Like I was like, I was like, well, let me think about it. And I did a bunch of research. Like I talked to everybody and their mom. I was just like, I went like in on it because that at that point was uh, like a huge career change. Yeah. Right. Like I'd been in success for so long. Yeah. I'd done all of these things. I really built my career up in that type of work. And, and all of a sudden somebody's going like, what if you tried this? And so I had to like weigh all the yeah. pros and cons. I was like, is this going to be a good move for me? What's going to happen? And, and for me, the challenge of it was too exciting for me to pass up. Like yeah. I was like, I yeah. really want to challenge myself. And I really want to learn more about our business. I want to learn more about our commercial business. Yeah. I've mastered the CSM thing. And I've, you know, I'm really good at this like process mining, things like that. So like what happens if I take all of this knowledge and I start applying it to this job and I learn that side of our business? And and so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And and I had so much fun. It was like one of my favorite jobs in the entire world because I got all the good stuff being with customers. Like I got to be like their fun pal that like showed up and was like, I'm here to support you and love you and swaddle you. Right. Yeah. But then I was just like, See that? and that was it. Like I didn't have to maintain, like I got all the good parts of being a CSM with none of the bad. And I loved it. I was right. just like, get on the plane. Let's do this stuff. Like I bought a suit. Let's party. I was like so yeah. stoked on it. And, um, yeah, it was like so funny. I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a whole thing. And, um, and, and, and a lot of the reason why they kind of courted me into that was because they knew that people really liked working with me because I was fun to work with. And so I took all of that kind of like all this weird energy that I have where I'm just like, do you want to be my best friend? And like, you know, just like totally like, you know, just, I took a shower for you today kind of vibe and, and I, channeled all of that into, into our solutions engineering role. And, and I, I had so much fun doing it. I got really into sales. And one day I remember I was like talking to our, uh, our director of revenue operations. And I said, Hey man, I think I'm really interested in sales process. And he was like, Oh, you finally came to that conclusion. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, we've been working together on cross-functional processes for the sales team and customer success managers for like two years, at least like, obviously you're interested yeah. in sales. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dang, you know, and, and, and that kind of like, and part of that realization really coincided with, you know, our CEO called me one day and I'll never forget that day. And he said, Hey, um, I know you just joined the team and stuff like that, but uh, we're, we're going to change some things on the role. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? And he's like, Oh, well, we're going to, we're going to build out sales enablement. And I was like, Oh, good. You know? Cause at that time we didn't have a sales enablement arm. I was like, we're a sales enablement company that wasn't practicing sales enablement. That's insane. Right. Yeah. We're crazy people. That's pretty wild. And, yeah. And, and he was like, he's like, yeah, so you guys are going to be, we're going to make you guys kind of like a dual role. I had a team member at the time. He was like, so you guys will do, the pre-sales support and solutions engineering. And then, um, but then we're also going to have you guys start doing sales enablement. And, and I was like, Oh, like, 
okay. You know, like I was like, huh, huh. I don't know if are they related. And he's like, they are now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and I know, and I knew it was a really big initiative that we, we wanted to start doing. So I was kind of really like, you know, my teammate and I talked about it and we were both like, let's be the best at it. Like that was like always our mindset, like let's be the best at it. And, um, and so we started, you know, learning more about the sales enablement practice, trying to figure out how we can play into it, things like that. And um, over the course of a couple of months, like our, you know, we had huge changes at the company overall, like pandemic hit, we went through layoffs, like all this crazy stuff. And and through all of it, we were still kind of like trucking along. Like we were just like, okay, well now we have new people that we have to onboard and we've never like trained anybody before. And like I had trained people before, just not at Mediafly. You know? <laughs> like we, we used yeah. to like send you into a hole and go like, here's everything you need to do your job and come out when you're ready to be good at it, right. you know? And, Right. And, um, and, you know, and, and you can't, can't hire a hundred self-starters. It doesn't work that way. And so, so we really, we started trialing things and, and throughout, you know, the company changes and what was going on, my role became more and more and more focused around sales enablement. So we kind of, you know, at first we did like a divide and conquer where it'd be like a couple of days a week, I'll be on engineering. The other days a week, I'll be on enablement. And then it kind of slowly shifted where my teammate was solely focused on engineering and I was solely focused on enablement. And, and I loved every moment of it. I had so much fun doing it. I loved engaging with our new flyers. I loved learning more. Like, I think I just was like consuming. It was like, I was like, you know, a dog to like a fire hose. It was just like, give me everything. Like I wanted it all. And, and one day I had a meeting with our CMO and she was like, Hey, um, you know, we'd really love to have you really do this full time. And I was like, like for real. And she's like, yeah, like we, we want you to run the team. You're going to run the organization. And, and I like died a little bit. I was like, are you sure it's me? And like, she's like, at least it's you stop. Like, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I got, I got promoted into sales enablement director and, and I've been doing it for a while now, which is pretty cool. So it's, it's our team's yeah. official year anniversary this June. And, um, and I've been a one man show, the entire time, which is like, you know, it has its moments, of course. And I think we've all had our moments, but it's, it's, it's been so hard, but so fun and so rewarding because now I get to like, I get to do all those things I like with helping people and supporting them and everything else. But uh, I get to think about everything in a totally different mindset. And then I get to learn so many new things. Like I didn't know, like I, you five years ago, if you would have been like, what does a marketing team do? I'd be like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> and like, and now, cause I don't have that business background. I went to art school, you know? <laughs> like, and, and now right. I'm like, let me tell you everything in and out of this team. And, um, and That's so cool. it's been so, yeah, it's been really cool. And, and I feel so grateful to the company, to our leadership team, to like everyone at Mediafy for one, being super supportive of just, everything that we do initiative wise, but also that it's, it's so wonderful to see a team that really believes in people. And, and I always tell like any of our new flyers, like I am like your 
example of like what you're capable of doing here if you really put the work in. And because and, I really put the work in, it took me a long time to get here. And I still have so much more to learn, but they really, they took a huge chance on me and, and it's my duty to be, to make it the best, you know? And so it's just really, it's so much, it's so much fun. And we're all so excited. And I remember once I like really came into my own in our charter, like, I, you know, our leadership team was like, you were meant to do this. Like we finally found your home here. And it was just like, I was like, oh yeah, like, I guess you're right. You know? And, and now all of our, you know, I'm, I'm like the one person that like a lot of our team knows. Cause I talk to everybody. Like I'm the one who's like, Hey, it's me, your friend Elise. What's going on? <laughs> to like, what do you need? What can I help you with? What are you stuck on? Like what's going on? And, and so um, like, yeah, we have like a Slack channel. It's called ask, sales enablement and our running joke was like we should just do it that it should just be called ask elise because i'm the one in there answering the questions like every day going like right. oh here's where my white paper is and here's where this lives and actually you know what that's some great feedback yeah. and i'd love to put that in there or whatever so it's just um right. i feel really lucky and and i i always kind of joke that i like, fell into sales enablement but it because it Loki kind of did, but I love it. I love it. it. It makes me, it's so refreshing to have taken that chance and, and get that same rush that I got from being a customer success manager and doing operations and everything like that. Now it's really pushed, not just my skill set, but like the things I'm willing to test out or try, or I feel like now I have, I have so much autonomy to see what works and doesn't work. Like I have this theory and it's based off this data and I just want to run it and so it's just, we'll see how it goes kind of thing. And I love it. And I love working with our reps. I love working with our sales leadership. Um, you know, we started a CS enablement initiative. So I get to work with their new ops manager and their VP of customer success, like everyone else. And um, and so it's like fun to be back home where I'm like, hey, pal, yeah, so you know, so and cool. like, it's so exciting. It's so cool. And I've had so much fun doing it. It's just like, I love it. And I get to have fun. Like, you know, like we start trainings, our trainings with dance parties. Like, Hey guys, we've been training for three hours today. Do you want to take a five minute dance break? And, and even doing that, like people like lose their mind. They're like, that's so silly. I'm like, no, no, no. Like get out of here. It's silly. You may think it's silly, but it's necessary. It's, you think it's silly because you don't want to dance in front of a Zoom camera or like oh, whatever. Totally and then they do it and then they sit down and they're like, I really needed that. And I'm like, yeah. I know you really needed that because you've been yeah. sitting here in the suck sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's very true. Yeah. So it's, how can we have fun? How can we make it engaging? How do we make sure people are learning? And, and for me, like, I just want to have fun all the time. I want my job to be fun. I want my life to be fun. And so if we get to like inject some of that, like we call it like pockets of happiness. That's like what we've coined internally is like, we're looking for like a little <laughs> pocket during the day. Cause like sitting, you know, like zoom fatigue yeah. is real. Like the burnout during COVID is real. It's, yeah. it's not like one crushing thing after another crushing thing that's happening to you in real life. It's now we have to add the extra stress of right. work and our lives and everything else that um, you need to have fun because if you're not having fun, then, what are we all doing? Right. So for me, it's like, that's yeah. being in sales enablement gives me the ability to be like, do you guys want to have fun today? Cause like I'm here to have fun today and then we can go do yeah. it. So it's like, 
it's so it's been so cool and i've loved literally every moment of it i've had so much fun it has brought me so much joy doing this so <laughs> it's really exciting that's wonderful so for people who want to learn more about mediafly how do they learn more uh, first, you can go to our website. It's mediafly.com. Uh, second, CSNG2Crowd. Uh, we live there. Compare us to all of our competitor friends if you if you feel so necessary. Uh, but if you want to learn more, um, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we have info at mediafly.com. Everybody looks at it like I look at it. Um, but we, we're actually surprisingly very, very easy to get a hold of, which is good. Or message us on LinkedIn because we also love that too yeah sweet (laughs) awesome well thank you no problem thank you for having me if you enjoyed this conversation please feel free to leave us a review on itunes thank you